0: Charles happy Q two. Yeah. I don't usually do this, Charles. But I decided <laughs> I'm gonna toast you. I can go into the Cubs game later.
1: Oh, all right. Well so Charles. God bless. Yep. Hmm. Ah, fuck it. No <laughs> oh, God. Let's get – all right. So, by the way, Q1 is over. Hopefully everyone has had their Q1 meeting, hit their goals, set their rocks for Q2. Hopefully Nick has water there. And then the important topic today, right, which what is let me thing? set this up. Let me set this up. I no, to you, just,
0: you just messed up my April Fool's joke. I go and fill up a vodka bottle with water, <laughs> and now I can't even say April Fool's. You ruined it for me, Charles. Now we're gonna go into this thing. I guess that plays into it. I mean, know your story. You better position your story correct if you're gonna like not now my my I thought about this all day. I'm like, how can
1: I get him with April Fools? I, I got to tell you, I'm like, I'm, and I'm on guard. So I'm like, I, I wasn't even sure if this is going to be a real broadcast today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get into this, one of my favorite
0: April Fool's pranks, and I did it far too often, uh, but I would tell people uh, that a phone call came in um, from uh, Mr. Mr. Lion, L-Y-O-N, or a lady named M-A-I, my bear, uh, B-A-Y-E-R. I'd give them the phone number for the zoo and I'd watch them call back the zoo and ask for Mr. Lion or my bear. That that entertained me.
1: I believe it did entertain me. All right,
0: enough of these shenanigans. Charles, it was your idea to do an April Fool's joke at the beginning of this. Yeah, it, it okay. was. All right. So here's what we're gonna get after. So brokers, uh, oftentimes franchisors say, I want more deals, clearly. Every franchisor says, I want more deals. The ones that use the brokers, they're like, well, how do I get the brokers to get me more deals? And what's happened, and I want to frame this up, and then I think you, you have some good perspectives on this. Um, they, they, they want more deals. Uh, they might send out an e-blast to the broker community and say, basically, why my brand? Which, that's, that's a good step in the right direction. But what you have to realize is these brokers, one, they're the influencer at the local level. They're building great relationships uh, with buyers in their communities. So that's why they're they're seen as a coach or consultant back to them. And then secondly, they're not a part of your brand. So now I think Charles, frankly, I think Charles and I probably do a good job of, of selling each other's brands when we're talking to referral sources, or we're gonna give a referral to why you should use Charles on the legal side or us on the content side. But there is a truth, I'm, I'm not a part of Charles's company. We have a great friendship, but I'm not a part of his company. So I don't live all of his core values. So the broker who is now tasked with arguably, the, one of the hardest jobs here is, is as a trusted coach or consultant or broker telling the, the buyer who's coming to the table saying, I don't know what to buy. They're establishing trust and now they have, the trust has to follow through when they present a brand. So quite often, I don't think brands set themselves up. So the whole theme of this is you're in a, you, you can read it in the text uh, of our newsletter on Friday, but it's, you're going to war. I mean, franchise lead generation is war. So if you're going to war and you're not going to arm people with protection and the right weapons, then how in the world are you going to win that war? So this conversation is for the franchisor to say, you you wanna win the war on growth. You wanna leverage your broker army to go do it. What do you have to give them to win? So Charles, what do you have to give them to win?
1: Well, big takeaway there is brokers are not a part of your brand, right? So franchisors, when you have the wrong mindset about brokers, you believe that somehow brokers owe you something. Or if you go to a dinner with them, they owe you something or if they know you, they don't. Um, so they're not part of your brand. Uh, they're very genuine about their mission and why shouldn't they place their candidates with what they believe to be the best franchise opportunity, right? Which becomes your challenge as a, as a, a, a brand, you really have to dive deep. It's important, critically important to belong to the uh, broker associations, attend the conferences and network But what I find is so many brands are wasting that significant touch point. And, and, you know, before we went live, before you started drinking fake vodka, um, some notes I wrote down that I believe that brands need to line up before they, you know, to really maximize, go to war. It's not even that you're going to get brokers on your team or on your side, but they're going to be allies and alliances, right? So notes I wrote was you need to know who you are what you offer, and the problems you solve, right?
0: right, You you need to know that and you need to hand that to the broker.
1: Yeah, I mean, the brokers are looking for this, right? It's not just, hey, I'm a blank restaurant type franchise or service-based or gym-based. Who are you, right? And then internally, if you're going to evaluate, how do I maximize my sales assets? Are you an emerging growth brand or are you a legacy brand? Because the answer to that question is going to have a different value proposition. If you're emerging growth, you better have an amazing item 19, amazing industry, amazing growth story. If you're a legacy, you need to have an amazing story about how you've solved the problem for hundreds of franchisees, right? So I think you need to know who you are, what you offer, right? Are you a lifestyle brand or your income replacement? Are you sub hundred K or over hundred K and then the problems you solve, which get into brand story, founder story, the numbers, right? Your item 19, your growth story, um, and how you solve the problems for your franchisees. So I feel like that's not there just because you have a cool technology or you're a gym or a restaurant or home service base. Why does the broker care?
0: Well, okay. So now let's look, Let's call out things of the past. In the past, when when the broker network started picking up great steam, and and I think the senior care brands were are an example of a of a concept category that was very easy for them to understand, easy for them to sell, and easy for them to collect commissions. Part of the arguments of the broker community at that point in time was whoever pays the most is the brand that they're gonna present. Because the point of differentiation at some point when senior care is becoming a, a category, there wasn't a lot of point of differentiation among the brand. So then their point of differentiation was who's gonna pay me the most amount of money? Cause they're a broker. They're not, they're not, they don't care. At, they, they care about the success of the people that they place, but they don't, they're, they're not invested in the success of your business because your business takes off. That means nothing for them. So that's how it starts. Now, I think Charles, what you're saying Here's, here's the mistake that the franchisors make. They go and invest in the dinners and the, the conferences, um, and they may do a five minute drill presentation uh, at these conferences. And then they walk away and they're like, well, why am I not getting deals? Well, I think if you listen to what Charles just said, even if it's not fancy and designed and, and coordinated, like in a Word doc, what is our value proposition? who's the candidate that you should be placing this in front of and how much are you gonna get when we successfully move this person through? Because if you don't, if, go, go to step one, if you don't tell the broker who the candidate is that you're looking for and you reject the candidate and when they get to you, that's shame on you. Now you're gonna blame the broker and the broker probably is not gonna send you leads anymore because they're gonna be pissed they, they, that their candidate trusted them, they've walked them into your hands, you said no. That's where the blacklisting comes from, but that's not the broker's fault. It's yours, because you didn't educate and say, before you present a candidate to me, here are the qualifications that I need them to look like before they get to me. So the, the the bottom statement or the headline is, listen to what Charles just said, in Word doc format, give something to the brokers so that when they're talking to Nick or Charles Jr. at the local level, there's at least the framework for how they have that discussion so that they get to decide uh, with the candidate whether the, your concept is right or wrong.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I love you bringing up the concept category, right? So uh, the home healthcare businesses, the reason brokers were comfortable also and and why the, the um, referral fee mattered was because it was a thriving industry that's gonna keep growing. There was safety there, right? So imagine you're, you know, you have your own brand. What's, what makes your brand a category killer, right? How do you get, so how do you, you know, it's easy, it was easier in the home healthcare, you know, you have demographics that work your way, but let's take the typical restaurant, gym. How do you turn your brand into a category killer? And it's it's in the details. You need to go to all the events. You need to join the associations, but you also need to stop complaining like we all need to, and you need to dive deep into your brand. Actually, we have some, you know, it's not our expertise, but we do see when some startup brands are stuck, we scheduled today a um, brand meeting where, you know, I challenged the client and to their credit, they they followed up two months later, they're setting up a meeting, they're going to present to our team what their brand value proposition is. It's great.
0: I well, mean, you know, so, but but that moment and a, we, a few weeks ago, we we said this. Char it was Charles's idea. Said you know at some point the website needs to have a, a broker tab that gives them some of the assets so that they have materials to give to their candidates too. And maybe this this brand presentation should be a part of it. Um, I was we were, were pitching we're pitching a brand. Uh, They gave us their investor deck and they're using that for for fundraising, not for franchise sales. I looked at it. I'm like, this is beautiful. Give this to the broker network. Like, it's all there. Like, the reality is you probably have assets internally, um, but you just don't give it to the broker because you treat it as a separate thing. The other, other, I mean, very simplistic piece of advice that I would give to franchisors is treat the brokers like they're your employee, not as if they're actually your employee but like they're your employee and onboard them to your brand now you have to consolidate that onboarding so that it's in a way that gives it like the reader's digest version or the cliff notes um because they're not going to want to spend days and days understanding your brand but build out those those pieces give them a few videos. give them like 10 five minute videos that explain uh who you are and what you do um so that they can watch it on their their own time but i think that's that's the thing like we're 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 praying that these brokers grow our brands because we're not uh, investing much into organic lead generation or four wall marketing or, or our own referral network. But when you're praying for something, there's no action that's going against it. Then the likelihood of it succeeding is slim to none, unless it's a super easy concept to understand. And the brokers are like, oh, this is easy to sell. And they come to that conclusion on their own.
1: Well, and also, too, I I mean, when you're at events networking, you're not going to sell a broker in one meeting, one 10 minute drill down, right? That's just to get their attention, build that relationship. And so for every, you know, so all the effort you're going to spend to get them to your website, sign up for your list. What do you have for them after that, right? So I, so I think there's some lost opportunity there. We're, you know, I think we're at level one, and uh, you know, everyone wants to get to level nine without steps in between.
0: Now, now here's, I, I think this is a big takeaway for the merging brands. Uh, and there, I just, I just basically gave credit to my own idea and said, "It this is a great takeaway." So I should, I should wait and let Charles say that it's a good takeaway because he probably will. <laughs> this is the one area that you can compete with any brand of size in like the competitive advantages are eliminated when it comes to presenting materials to the brokers because the big, the big brands are struggling at this too. So you're trying to find your area of opportunity. If you're, if you're a challenger brand in a category and you think that you're competing against these big giant brands, call it, call it North of a hundred units. I promise you I've seen, I've seen it. Uh, very few brands have a really strong two minute drill or a one pager on why now. Um, very few brands are giving the assets to the brokers. So your your chance uh, to, to elevate your brand and rely on this broker community to help lift your, your growth or propel your growth, uh, y- y- it's even playing field. You can compete with the biggest brands in the world because all you're talking about is good content that is concise and efficient back to the brokers.
1: Yeah. And and you know, that's validated, right? Because you see amazingly professional, some franchise sales organizations doing an amazing job with emerging brands, right? And they're at a professional level and you should be looking at what they're doing.
0: All right. So Charles, simplify this. Maybe a few, few bullet points. Brands you need to do next.
1: All right. So notes I prepared before this, right? My three categories, I think... especially the emerging brands, any brand, sit down with your team, answer these questions right now, in my opinion. Who are you, right? If you're an emerging growth brand, then what's the opportunity you're selling? Your item 19, your industry, right? If you're a legacy brand, talk about how you're tested, franchisee validation, management team. Um, What do you offer? Lifestyle, income replacement, own one of them or figure it out and bolster it what's your investment level sub 100 plus 100 and then the problems you solve. I think this is where this all comes together. Your brand story, your founder story, which really needs to connect with the brand story and really connects to the next generation of franchisees, the numbers, your item 19, which this year should be much more detailed than it was any other year. Um, your growth legacy story, and how you solve franchisee problems. I mean, imagine if a broker walks away um, and has an avatar of who your perfect franchisee is, the problem they have, and how your brand helps them solve it.
0: I think those, those are great takeaways. And frankly, you know, the the brokers are, are just like you or just like your franchisees. There's there's a lot of nice human beings out there. I, if I were you, um, I would package up what Charles just put together uh, and send it to one and say, does this give you enough visibility into how to sell our brand? Let, let them give you some feedback. Like they're they're there. Yeah. Uh, and, and frankly, you know, the brokers aren't selling, like I'm sure there are a few brokers that, that probably help award, you know, more than a dozen units a year, but they're not selling a ton. Like the collective is, but as individuals, Um, The other, I think, super important uh, thing just to note is – I changed my name to Reconnecting to try to get you. It was my last shot. Did it work? Did it work? (laughs) No. (laughs) April Fool's, everybody. Have a good weekend. See ya. I'm an accident.